minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we go, the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Look, if you're wondering, are we going to have some scintillating analysis? No, I don't think so. No such thing as a scintillating analysis in this particular boring part of the world, but we'll talk about that. But if you're wondering what anarchy is all about, it's based on the concept of creating a society without rulers and our costs without rulers, not without rules, without rulers. How do you create a society without rulers? You devolve power, you share wealth. It's inequalities in power and wealth which give people the ability to exercise their will over hundreds of thousands, if not millions, if not billions of people. So it's a different way of running your life and running your community and running the world and you devolve power by introducing direct democratic principles which are based on a delegation system, not a representation system. Now there's lots of things happening this week and if you don't live in Melbourne and regional Victoria, well, you can always come down but more importantly, there's nothing to stop you organising events in your part of the world. And that's what I find extraordinary is how people wait and wait and wait and wait and wait for somebody to organise something for them because ultimately you need to understand that we are the people we've been waiting for. It's not some religious institution or some state-based institution or some non-government organisation or some issue-orientated, you know, a social or political movement. It's we. We are the people we've been waiting for. And that's why, almost two years ago, we formed public interests before corporate interests to put the interests of the many before the interests of the few and it's been quite an interesting run over the past few years trying to get membership, people to join public interests before corporate interests. And everybody says, well, what's the point? Nothing will ever change. Look, I wouldn't have been broadcasting for over 40 years if I didn't think nothing was ever going to be cha- changed. I wouldn't have been a community radical independent activist for the last 50 years if I don't think anything has changed. And things do change. And things change because people like you take initiative. People like me and you, we take initiatives. And we make what is unpalatable 50 years ago totally palatable today as part of the 
mainstream. And obviously you can't win every struggle, but we do win many struggles and we continue to be involved in many struggles. So if there is one lesson to be learnt from the anarchist world this week is that it's self-activity. It's joining with other people. Common goals. The goals of you know, creating a society without rulers. That's what moves us forward. And to think that nothing will ever change is exactly what those people who exercise power want us to believe every day. They want us to believe that it doesn't matter what you do, how you organise, what ideas you want to put into practical reality, that there's no point because you're not going to ever achieve it. And that is why we continue to see the deregulation, globalisation, corporatisation, privatisation army continue to run right across the planet. Every day we see the damage which is caused to a significant proportion of the population. Obviously not everybody is a loser. There are 10 to 15% of the Australian population that has done exceptionally well under the deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation, juggernaut, which has been, you know, wrecking our communities. But it doesn't have to be that way. Nothing has to be the way it is. Change is possible. It's not only possible, it's desirable. That's what hope is. The love child, desire and expectation, desire for change and expectation that change will occur. And we are at the forefront. Don't let anybody tell you that we are not at the forefront of that struggle. It's people like you and me, it's people listening to this program, it's people like you and me who are at the forefront, the pointy end of that struggle, who initiate, who initiate change. It may take 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, a lifetime but we are part of that struggle. And it's not just a matter of waiting for the magic moment, you know, that magic revolutionary moment, which is the, which is the uh, wet dream of, uh, you know, so many political activists. There are no magic revolutionary moments. There are just points in time where people like you and me are willing to confront authority, are willing to confront those people who exercise power over our lives, are willing to confront those people who use the state apparatus to enrich themselves at the expense of everybody else in this community. And that's what this struggle is about. That is that struggle. Now, currently, I'm involved in a myriad activities. And people say, how do you have the time, Joe? How do you have the time? Well... I don't watch TV. I don't surf the net. I don't sit there playing some stupid game with some gamer on the other side of the universe. We all have time. Each and every one of us today, unless we die in the next 24 hours, has the same amount of minutes, seconds, hours in the next 24 hours, to make decisions, initiate change. We all have 
that time. And if you don't think you have the intellectual or organisational capacities to initiate that time, at least support people who have got that intellectual or organisational capacity to initiate campaigns to change society. Because that's what it's about. It's about are you a participant or are you a consumer? Are you a carping, complaining consumer or are you an active citizen who believes you were born with inalienable rights no government or corporation can take away? That is the issue that each and every one of us faces every day we open our eyes, irrespective of the myriad of personal issues and health issues and problems we all have, because we can always find excuses. I mean, I've been through all of them. All health issues, personality issues, you name it. When you've been on the planet long enough, you've gone through most of the ups and downs that life can hand to you on a platter. And we do have that capacity to collectively, to pull together and resolve some of these issues. Not all of them, but some of the issues. And sometimes you'll find that when you get involved in some type of movement or social activity or political group, that many of the issues that you face personally become more manageable because there's more structure in your life. Because anarchy is not about structurelessness. It's about the individual taking responsibility for their actions and having the capacity and the desire and the will to change that society. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia and the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Toscana, and I'm hosting today's program. So instead of giving you little platitudes, you could say the last 10 minutes have been platitudes, I'm going to outline a series of events that I'm involved in over the next week, or two weeks, or three weeks, and invite you to participate in these activities. Invite you. And if you live, you don't live in the geographical place I find myself in currently, don't despair. You can use what we are doing as a template and do it in your own part of the world. It is not as hard as you think. It's like any journey. You need to take that first step. If you don't take that first step, that journey will never be commenced, let alone be completed you take that first step and there is always the possibility that that journey will be completed and it's not about changing the world overnight it's about taking little steps that help to create that momentum that can change the world it's about throwing that pebble in the pool and watching those ripples reach the bank of that pool. If you don't throw the pebble into the pool, those ripples will never be created, let alone reach the bank. So, what's going on? Well, first thing, believe it or not, I'm involved in the, uh, as you know, in the Northcote by-election in the city of Melbourne. 
in the state of Victoria. One of 12 candidates. And I'm not taking donations. And I'm funding my own election campaign and I owe no favours to anyone. So you know and I know. And the Australian Greens and the Australian Labor Party, who are the main contenders in this by-election, know that I have a snowflakes chance in hell of being the next member for Northcote. And you know, and I know, the chances of me receiving my deposit back are almost nil. So why am I putting so much time and effort into this campaign? I'm putting time and effort into this campaign because I think, not believe, think. Beliefs are based on assumptions, but I think, I know that we can solve the housing affordability crisis, not just in Victoria, but the rest of Australia. And I know that if you want people to take climate change seriously, if you want people to take many of the issues that we face as a community seriously, the first thing people need is safe, stable, secure, affordable accommodation. That is the essence, the basis of any civilised an uncivilised community. It is the essence. Without that, without that security of safe, stable, affordable accommodation, everything else runs second in people's lives. Because if you've got to scrounge and scrape to find the money to put a roof over your head, your ability to do everything else is compromised. So how can we solve the housing affordability crisis? And don't tell me there isn't a housing affordability crisis in the land of Oz, the land down under. I mean, the key to putting an end to this nightmare is by supporting policies that will not destroy the public housing sector. It's very simple. We don't need the guillotine. We don't need blood in the streets. We don't need a revolution. All we need is basically legislation passed in the territories and states in the Federation of Australia that take this issue seriously and tackle this issue. We don't need legislation about making landlords and landladies nicer people and we don't need legislation which continues to give investors a head start in the handicap race of housing. What we need is parliamentary legislation at a state level and at a territory level which puts housing to the fore. Now, as I'm running in the Northcote by-election, I will concentrate on the Victorian situation. But that situation 
can be extrapolated to any other state or territory in this country. Last financial year, the Victorian state government collected $6 billion in stamp duty. As a direct result of a tax that is levied on people who buy property in Victoria. It's very simple. You buy property, you pay stamp duty. End of story. Now this money has for decades been directed to consolidated revenue. It's the same picture across the country. Now, the Victorian state government, any other state government in this country, or territory government in this country, could solve the current housing crisis by utilising the money raised by stamp duty to rebuild. That's the key word, rebuild the public housing sector. Public housing is everybody's business. It is not just the business of people living in public housing. It is not just the business of people li- wait on the wa- public housing waiting list. It is not just the business of people on social security benefits. It is not just the business of people on low wages and casualised in the casualised workforce. It is not just the business. You know, it is everybody's business. It's the homeowner's business. People paying mortgages business. It's even investors' business. Public housing shouldn't be limited to people extreme, experiencing extreme hardship, as it is today. It should be available to everyone who cannot buy a home in the private sector. Simple concept. If you can't afford to buy a home in the private sector, you should be able to be accommodated in public housing. A strong public, and let's not forget that public housing is government-owned, government-managed housing sector. It's not about community housing, which is privately owned, or social housing, which is privately owned. It's about government-owned, and government-managed housing. A strong public housing sector, and again, I'm just using the rules of supply and demand in the capitalist framework. This is nothing revolutionary. It's nothing even radical. There's nothing even reformist about what I'm proposing. It is basic, basic stuff. So a strong public housing sector loosens the current stranglehold investors have on residential property. One in two residential properties which will be auctioned off this weekend will be bought by investors who use this country's investor-friendly laws to enrich themselves at the expense of people who can't enter the housing market. It leads to decreased rents. You increase public housing stock and you can do that by spot purchasing around the country. You don't have to build 
you know, huge new apartment blocks and put people with the same problems in the same apartment block and just, you know, forget about them. You can spot purchase. With $6 billion in stamp duty, you could spot purchase between twenty to 25,000 houses or units in the state of Victoria and house between 75,000 to 100,000 people every year. Within a decade, you could house an extra 1 million people in Victoria in public housing whose rental arrangements would be limited to 25% of their income. And it's not just about the 25%. Because if you spend 25% of your income on housing, it leaves 75% for other things. So it actually injects money into the economy, believe it or not. It actually helps shopkeepers. It helps people who provide services and goods because there's more money that can be spent. So you can do, by diverting this $6 billion in Victoria into public housing, you decrease rents, you decrease the prices of houses at the lower end of the market because as people, investors are forced to sell because of has, has rents fall, properties will become available. You provide, and most importantly of all, you provide safe, secure environment in which to bring up children. And when I say safe, secure, I'm not talking about security, inverted commas. I'm talking about the security that comes from knowing that you can stay in a place for decades and you can send your kids to the same schools and they don't have to move and chop and change, that you can form friendships and relationships and become integrated in the community around you. And that's the beauty of spot purchasing. So while the Victorian state government is spending 20 to, 5, 20, 20 to $25 billion digging tunnels for public transport and taking away a railway crossing, it has come up with this wonderful, wonderful public housing renewal program. You like that? Public housing renewal program, which, which gives the private sector a free land on which to develop private and public housing. Now, Mr Foley... The Minister for Housing in the Victorian State Government has been a little bit shocked by the fact that the alliances which are being formed to promote public housing are now crossing traditional political boundaries. And when you get the incredibly conservative councils of Burundara, Bayside and Stonington in the city of Melbourne, which cover some of the richest suburbs in the city of Melbourne, putting in submission to the legislative, the Victorian Legislative Council inquiry on public housing, on the Labor government's public housing renewal program, complaining there's a lack of public housing in their municipalities, you know there's a problem. 
And you know there's a problem when the Minister for Housing, Mr Foley, the great housing guru of the 21st century, Mr Foley, slams the report as a cheap, politically inspired lie spread by Greens Party and Liberal-dominated councils. Wonderful. What has the Victorian Labor government done for public housing? Nothing. So that's why I'm standing, and I need your help. As I said, I'm not, I don't want your money. I'm funding this campaign myself, and it is costing a few thousand dollars because we are trying to letterbox every person or every house and unit in the Northcote electorate, and that covers Alfington and Northcote and Formbury and Fairfield and parts of West West Preston and parts of South Preston. So it covers about fifty to sixty thousand people. And why strategically? Because I know and you know either the Victorian Greens or the Australian Labor Party sorry the Australian Greens or the Australian Labor Party will win this one of them will win this by election. But if I achieve a significant vote and a significant vote is only 3 or 4%, because all these inner city seats, state seats, are held by margins of 3 to 4%. And as the Australian Greens, the Victorian Division of the Australian Greens, has indicated they are against the public housing renewal program, but obviously are not for the $6 billion you know, proposal that I'm putting forward to solve the housing affordability crisis. Because if the Labor loses this election, they've got a problem. They either get rid of Foley as a minister and bring in some reasonable policies regarding public housing or they continue down this path to political suicide when they will lose a number of inner city seats to the Australian Greens. So this is a pivotal election as as far as Housing affordability is concerned in Victoria and Australia. It is a pivotal election. As I said, I need your support. I need people to continue letterboxing. We still have three or 4,000 houses to letterbox. I need people to assist me at the pre-polling booth at 116 Fairfield, 116 Station Street in Fairfield. And most importantly of all, and this is where I need a lot of help, is I need people at every polling booth in the Northcote electorate on Saturday the 18th of November. I need people from 8am to 6pm at the 14 polling booths. So, and if you're interested in seeing what literature is going to be handed out, just go to the Victorian Electoral Commission Website and go to the Northcote by-election see what literature I've registered now for the Victorian Electoral Commission to hand out on the 18th of November. And you can see it's all about trying to solve the housing affordability crisis. And if you think I'm whistling in the wind, pissing in the dark, or doing a Don Quixote exercise, think again. This campaign, with your assistance, has the potential to change public housing policy. 
It's already, Defending Extend Public Housing has already changed policies. It has stopped the Andrews-led Labor government from continuing to hand over public housing titles to the community and social housing sector. It has led to the Victorian Legislative Council holding an inquiry into the Labor Party's public housing renewal program. That has come because of our efforts. Nobody else's efforts, our efforts, to put direct political pressure on the Housing Minister and the Labor Party Cabinet for them to at least put forward some traditional Labor Party policies as far as the concept of housing affordability is concerned. So how can you help? From 8.30am to 9.30am, between now and the 17th of November, I will be, that's right, I will be outside the pre-polling booth at 116 Station Street in Fairfield. So if you can come on the day, that morning, I can give you, you can either stay there for the rest of the day or part of the day, handing out material at the pre-polling booth, or you can let a box. Come and collect the leaflets. If it's too early for you, this Wednesday night, the 8th of November, and next Wednesday night, as you know, the 15th of November, I'll be at the Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant for my weekly dinners, to which you're all invited. We've never packed the restaurant. We've got close, but we haven't packed it, to which you're all invited. And you can pick up literature to letterbox. But more importantly, you can come down, discuss the campaign with me, and if possible, assist me on the 18th of September to hand out Material. It's not just how to vote material, but material about how to solve the housing affordability crisis, not just in Victoria but the rest of Australia, at the polling booth on the 18th of September. And as I said, I need at least 30 people on the day. And I'm far short of that number now, and I'm really keen to see every polling booth covered. So if I'm willing to put my hand in my pocket and pay for this, hopefully you can spare a bit of time and assist me with the campaign. Now, how do you, how do you get in contact with me? You can leave a message on 0439 0439395489. 0439395489. You can write to me. Yes, we still answer letters to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can send me an email at info at pibci.net. That's right, pibci.net, info at pibci.net. Or you can go to my personal Facebook page, Toscano for the Public. Toscano for the public and leave a message there. But the important thing is I need to get this literature across to you before the 18th. And that's the key to this campaign. So have a look at the website. Have a look at the campaign. If you're in agreement and you can spare a few hours on on Saturday the 18th of November, you can spare a, a day, 
contact me as soon as possible. We need to finalise this. If you want to pick up literature to Letterbox, you can come to the dinners on the uh, 8th and the 15th of November at Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant, 6pm to about 9.30, 10pm. Pick up the literature. You don't have to have anything to eat or drink. Just come in, have a, have a chat, pick up the literature, take it with you. If you can come at to Fairfield at the pre-polling booth, 116 Station Street, Fairfield, 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. If you can stay there for a few hours and hand out literature, well and good. If you want a letterbox, well and good. But you need to turn up, 8.30 to 9.30. And this Saturday, that's Saturday the 11th, Saturday the 11th, I'll be there from about 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. and there'll be other supporters there from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. So lots of things happening with this campaign. It is an important campaign. It's not about electing me to Parliament. You know and I know I've got a snowflake's chance in hell of being elected. It's about putting ideas across into the community. That's what it's about. It's about getting people to think that there are alternatives, even alternatives within the parliamentary system. There are alternatives which we can pursue to improve housing affordability in this country. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast via the Community Radio Network. Now, if that's not enough, if you are in the area, there is a public meeting at the Northgate Town Hall, public meeting Northgate Town Hall, 7pm to 9pm, Thursday the 9th. Thursday the 9th of November. That's right. Thursday the... Have I been saying October? I should be saying November. Thursday the 9th of November. So the election day is Saturday the 18th of November is the day I need people. Saturday the 18th of November. I'll be outside the pre-polling booth, 8.30am to 9.30am. On between now and Friday the 17th of November. It's 116 Station Street, Fairfield, and uh, the Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant, the 8th and the 15th of November. Come along, have a coffee, have a meal, have a discussion, get involved, join in, no excuses. Let's move forward on this particularly important issue. It is an incredibly important issue, and it's an issue that... Public interest before corporate interest and defend and extend public housing, which I'm intimately involved in, has been pushing now for some time. Okay, so there's all that stuff. So come along to the public meeting, Northcote Town Hall, 7pm to 9pm. You'll hear most of the candidates, you know, turned up. If you get there at 6pm, I'll be there around 6pm at the front of the Northcote Town Hall. Help me hand out literature for the public meeting. Then maybe you want to pick up some literature and do a little bit of letterboxing the next week or so. Okay, let's move on. Now, we've got other issues which we are involved in. As I said before, you won't get much scintillating analysis today about what's happening in Yemen, the butchery that's happening in Yemen. Just extraordinary, extraordinary butchery, extraordinary stuff. You know, I could pontificate about that. I can pontificate about the Gropers, you know, Asian tool. I can pontificate about the meaning of life. But it's really not going to change anything for anybody, at least getting involved in this by-election campaign. I've got the potential to raise some issues and maybe 
have an influence on a, on a public debate regarding what is a critical and essential part of human existence. And that's what you need to do as an activist. You need to pick and choose your battles. You can't win every battle. The Man- Manus Island refugees, extraordinary situation. With the, you know, the New Guinea courts say, well, you know, it's now a New Guinea problem allows Australia to wash its hands of its responsibility while the Australian government refuses, refuses to allow 150 of the Manus Island detainees to go and live in New Zealand. Just extraordinary stuff. Extraordinary stuff that's been happening in our names. Extraordinary stuff. Just extraordinary. I mean, I could talk to you about the Sicilian elections. That's right. Where the centre-right is just a few percentage points ahead of the five-star movement and the five-star movement is an anti-establishment movement which is now gaining 35-40% of the popular vote in Italy they came from nowhere three to four years ago which is based on a lot of the concepts which we have in public interest before corporate interest of putting the interests of the many before the interests of the few but in order to do this type of activity we need to be able to break out of the straitjackets we've created for ourselves where we think that what we do will never have any impact on anybody. Now this Saturday, as I said before, I'll be outside the pre-polling booth from 9am to 11am on Saturday the 11th of November at 116 Station Street between 11am and 2pm. There'll be other people there handing out uh, this literature regarding uh, the housing uh, affordability Mm -hmm. solution. Now, at 2pm on Saturday the 11th of November, and remember, the 11th of November is very important. Remember the 11th of the 11th of the 11th? It was the day on which the Ballarat Reform League was formed. And the Ballarat Reform League was the organisation which was responsible for the Eureka Rebellion. Let's not forget that. 11th of the November, that was 11th of November, 1854. On the 11th of November, 1880, was the day Ned Kelly was hung. The 11th of November, 1918, was the Armistice Day, the end of a war fought by workers at either end of a bayonet for the glory of God, king and country. And the 11th of November, 1975, was the day that a Governor-General dismissed a legally elected government in this country the uh, Whitlam-led Labor government, a government that did more in four years in terms of reform than any government together has done since the end of the Second World War. It's just incredible, the reformist nature of that particular government, which every right-wing authoritarian commentator thinks was a great failure. It was a great success because there was that push from below for reform, that type of push that we are now trying to create in that community, that push that forces political parties and governments to take issues seriously, like the issue of housing affordability. So at 2pm on Saturday the 11th of November, I'll be one of the guest speakers at St Paul's Anglican Church at Bakery Hill in Ballarat and I'll be speaking about the Ballarat Reform League Charter and its influence on the democratic tradition 
in this country. Obviously, there's another guest speaker. That'll be Mr. Eric Howard from the Eureka Children and Brett Edgerton, the uh, chair of the uh, Western Region and Ballarat Trades Hall, will be reading from the Charter. We'll be reading the Democratic... We'll be reading the, the Ballarat Reform League Charter. So, great opportunity. As it's in a church, beer and coffee... I mean, tea and coffee afterwards. But who knows what happens after that, okay? And that, just like to remind you that about... Reclaim the radical spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations, the 163rd anniversary celebrations. And once again, the Anarchist Institute, via the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations, has organised and will be hosting these celebrations in Ballarat, which start at 4am on on Sunday the 3rd of December and end at 10pm on Sunday the 3rd of December. Start off with a dawn service, not a religious service, a service where people speak why they've come from all over Australia to that very field, that very spot, at that very time, the Eureka rebels were mowed down for the audacity to stand up to authority, for the audacity of believing and thinking and wanting to defend inalienable rights and liberties they were born with. Then we've got a community breakfast at the Eureka Hall. You've got to walk at least 15 metres to get from the uh, uh, dawn ceremony sites to the Eureka Hall. 9am, we walk to Bakery Hill to give out Eureka Australia medals. There'll be six or seven given out this year. Uh, nominations are... Uh, uh, almost closed. Uh, we're taking nominations to about. Well, we can basically say they're they're closed. We've got plenty of nominations, and uh, we're in the process of choosing six or seven people. Uh, their recipients will receive Eureka Australia Medal at Bakery Hill around ten a.m. on Sunday, the third of December. Then we'll walk to the Ballarat Town Hall for the uh, stump orations, and from there we'll walk to the Old Ballarat Cemetery to the mass grave of the Eureka Rebels to pay our respects. From there, we'll walk to Trades Hall for a light lunch and uh, drinks. And from there, we'll walk uh, back to the Museum of Australian Democracy at Eureka to have a look at the Eureka flag. And after that, we'll be having dinner from 7pm to 10pm at the Queen's Head Hotel in Humphrey Street in uh, Ballarat, Queen's Head Hotel, uh, we'll be there from about 7 to 10 p.m. Entertainment will be from the West Papuan community as well as uh, the bard who will be singing his song, The uh, Pikesman's Dog, which was specially a uh, nine-minute song, specially crafted for this event, which you would have first heard last year. So uh, come along. You don't have to ring anybody. If you want to make sure you get a seat at the dinner, give us a ring. 0439 395 0439 395 Or you can uh, email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com, anarchistage at yahoo.com. Or you can go to the uh, Facebook page, Toscano for the Public, and uh, make a booking. That's if you want to make sure you get a seat. There's only about 90 seats in uh, the uh, hotel restaurant. So uh, we've got the whole place booked out. Don't let me down. Pop in. It's a Sunday night. Come on. Why not? And just in case you think it's safe 
to turn off. No, it's not safe to turn off. This Sunday, the 12th of November, we are marking the 75th anniversary of the murder of Francesco Fantine. Francesco Fantine was murdered at Camp Love Day in South Australia in 1942. He was an Italian anarchist who fled Mussolini's Italy in 1924, was interned in 19... 20 years later, in 19, uh, sorry, 18 years later, in, in 1942, as an enemy alien. And guess where they put him? You wouldn't believe it. They put him with all these Italian fascists and war criminals who've been interned at Camp Love Day. And what do you think happened to Francesco Fantine? Well, on the 16th of November, 1942, he was clubbed to death while trying, while nearly down, trying to get a drink of water from a tap. Could you imagine that? How cowardly. Clubbed to death. Clubbed and kicked to death because he had the audacity with other Italian anarchists in exile in this country to raise the spectre of fascism and Nazism and you know, in this country, to alert people in this country about what was about to happen. And for that, he was interned with his enemies and clubbed to death by his enemies. Now, Francesco Fantin had no children. He's not remembered. And a number of years ago, about five or six, four or five years ago, we discovered that his remains had been removed from Camp Love Day and taken to the Murchison Cemetery in regional Victoria. Murchison is about 130, 140 kilometres from Melbourne. And his remains are interned in his own coffin, with his name on the coffin, with 220 other Italians who died in prisoners of war camps or internment camps in Australia during the Second World War. And on the first Sunday after Armistice Day, the Italian community and relatives of the people who are in this chapel, who are interned in this chapel, come to pay their respects to the dead. In death, they are all equal. You have women who died in the internment camp. You've got prisoners of war who died in the internment camp. You've got, you know bona fide Italian fascists who died in the internment camp, but in death they are equal. All buried in this chapel, in their individual graves, the remains in Murchison. So we will be there at 10am. We'll be a small contingent, but we will mark that that time. And the local Italian community has... Roman Catholic Mass at the beginning of the ceremony. It's important to, if you want to get into the chapel and pay your respects to Francesco, it's important to get there early. It's important to get there before or around 10 a.m. Because if you don't get there early, they usually close the chapel very quickly after their ceremony. Now, after they finish their ceremony, we honour and respect their ceremony because we are all there to honour the dead there. We have our own ceremony 
to mark Francesco Fantine's internment. So you're welcome, you're encouraged to come along and take part. And after the ceremony is completed, around midday, we have a community picnic on the riverbank at Murchison. So come along. Don't have to ring anybody. Don't have to get anybody's permission. Turn up. We're usually uh, next to the chapel. You'll see us there. Come and join us. If you want to sit through the Mass, sit through the Mass. If you want to have a walk, have a walk. You know, if you're old, you're infirm, bring a little chair with you because it is, you know, can be quite tedious standing, listening to a Roman Catholic Mass. But everybody honours their dead in their way. We honour Francesco Fantini. It is the 75th anniversary of his murder. Come and join us this Sunday, 12th of November. So there's lots of things going on, okay? So don't let anybody tell you nothing is happening. So let's get back to the, now that we've done all the things, let's get back to what this is all about. Because you need to understand that we all have issues. Each and every one of us is born with feet of clay. You're born with feet of clay. I'm born with six feet of clay, not under six feet. We all have personal issues, all right? We've all got bills to pay. We've all got relationship problems. We've all got grieving we're doing. We're all part, it's all part of the human condition. It's part of being alive. It's part of being human. We all have arguments. We all don't really feel or think that we've basically done everything we could in life. And we're all ashamed and sorry about things that we may have done in the past. But we do have time to change things, not just on a personal level or an issue-orientated level, but we do have time by which, in which, we can begin that process, not just to change ourselves, but to change the world. And we do that by working locally. And we do that by not thinking that we have all the solutions to all the world's problems. We have none of the solutions to the world's problems. But I know that if we put the collective effort, put collective effort towards solving the issues that are prominent in society today, like the issues related to climate change, the issues related to mass migration, the issues related to racism, the issues related to immigration, the issues related to the type of society we want it to be, the issues, you know, to work. And don't believe that the individual is capable of nothing because the individual has the capacity to change things. For example... I'd like to congratulate Penny Vickers. You say, who's Penny Vickers? Well, Penny Vickers is the woman who took Coles and the Shop Distributive and Allied Employees Association, the Shop Workers Union, to the Fair Work Commission because the agreement they'd made with the major supermarket change meant 
that casual workers were getting less than the award wage. Legally, less than the award wage. And she represented herself. And she has now won that case because she took the initiative. Penny Vickers took the initiative. She represented herself. She argued the case. She won the case, which will affect over 100,000 employees in the major supermarket chains in this country, which will cost them over $300 million in terms of lost wages because they were paying workers below the award because, because of the agreement which the major supermarket chains had come with the with the Shop Distributive and Allied Employees Association. So she took the initiative. She represented herself. She won that battle. You can do the same. And you can do more if you work collectively and together. And collectively and together, we can change direction the good ship Australia is being steered to by the deregulation, corporatisation, globalisation, privatisation cartels which are now steering that ship. We can chuck them overboard and have an insurrection. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Want to help me? Want to have dinner tonight? 7th of November, 15th of... uh, 8th of November, 15th of November, Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant, great food, 20 Smith Street, Collingwood, 20 Smith Street, Collingwood. 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. tonight. Come and join us. Pick up leaflets for letterboxing for the Northcote by-election. Get involved in handing out literature on the 18th, Saturday the 18th of November. Come across to the Eureka Rebellion celebrations on the 3rd of December. Take the whole day off. Bring the family. Get involved. Come across to the Francesco Fantine Memorial this Sunday, 10am. Have a picnic by the riverside, midday. Bring some food and drinks with you. Uh, come along to the Northcote uh, Town Hall meeting. That number again, if you want to help, 0439 395 489. You can write to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Go to the Facebook page, Toscano for the Public. Download the application form to join public interest before corporate interest. Info at pibci, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Pibci, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Join me, 8.30am to 9.30am, 116 Station Street, Fairfield. Come along to the St Paul's Anglican Church at Bakery Hill. Learn about the Ballarat Reform League Charter. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds Oh, Lord, yeah.